0: Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. Just visit PrizePicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at slash play 100 for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Prize Picks daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cues podcast covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football.
1: Today on the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about the 2014 football season and the groundbreaking for the new Syracuse indoor practice facility. I'm Wes Chang and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today is ESPN.com's Andrea Adelson. Andrea, thank you so much for coming back on the program always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Andrea, I wanted to get you started on this one. You know, the ACC, I don't think they could have wished for a better 2013. You know, Florida State wins a national championship, Clemson wins a BCS game. Do you think this is the beginning of a power shift in college football away from the SEC and more toward the other power conferences?
2: That's a great question and it's one that I actually explored uh, today on ESPN.com essentially asking, what is the ACC perception right now coming off a national championship season and Clemson winning the Orange Bowl? I don't think there's any question the ACC does have a couple of elite teams now that are going to be in that national championship mix year in and year out. Does that mean that all of a sudden there's going to be a power shift in college football? I think we need to see more than just one year, especially out of the ACC. It took so long for the ACC to break through and not only get into a national championship game, but finally win a national championship game, that there needs to be some consistency there. I spoke with ACC Commissioner John Swafford about it, and he said, I don't think there's any question our perception has changed, but we have to build on the accomplishments. And I agree with him completely there. It's great that Florida State won the national championship. It's great that the ACC gets credit for it. But now does this mean that uh, the SEC is going to be taking a back seat every single season? I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. The SEC is still obviously the best conference top to bottom in college football. But in the playoff era, there are going to be many more opportunities for teams that are not in the SEC to have an opportunity to knock the SEC off of its perch. Obviously the ACC off to a great start last year at the close of the BCS era. Now they've got an opportunity to start off the college football playoff era uh, as a national champion as well with the preseason number one team.
1: Now let's focus strictly on the ACC because last year I think, you know, if we were talking at this time last year, I don't think Boston College would have come up as a potential bowl team but they are the surprise of the season they will go seven and five and they end up getting to a bowl game do you see a sleeper team in the ACC that not a lot of people are talking about that may surprise us by the end of the season
2: I think there's a few I think first Pitt has been a dark horse that a lot of people have talked about not necessarily uh, similar to Boston College because Pitt did make a bowl game and won a bowl game last year there are a lot of people who believe that if the talent on this pit offense can come together, the offensive line can solidify. This is a team capable of winning nine or ten games and potentially the Coastal Division. So if we're talking about a, a team that's maybe coming out of nowhere to be a division champion, I would say Pitt. If we're talking about a team coming off of a losing record and having a better season, well, there's only a, a three that we can really talk <laughs> about right now. Right. And the leader would be NC State. You know, this is a team that was just awful last year in year one under Dave Doran. A lot of tough circumstances that they had to deal with, you know, losing starting quarterbacks to injury. They didn't have the right people um, in place to run the Dave Doran offense. A lot of injuries, a lot of depth concerns. This is still an incredibly young team. There's no doubt about that. I think they've got 50 or 60 uh, freshmen, redshirt freshmen or sophomores. But they do have a Florida transfer in Jacoby Brissett. Uh, who's going to be playing quarterback. He's a much better fit for the Dave Doran system. Uh, they've got some depth at, at running back. Uh, they're hoping that if the offensive line stays healthy, uh, that they'll be able to create some holes and get this offense going a little bit. Their non-conference schedule is easy. They should go 4-0. and So if they can find two more wins in conference play, uh, I think this is a team quite capable of getting back to a bowl
1: game. So, Andrew, in the same vein, we just talked about you know NC State. Um, being a possible breakout team, who's going to be a breakout individual player in the ACC?
2: There's a couple of names that uh, that I have in mind, and I'm not just going to pick freshmen here. You know, <laughs> Brissett is one of them. There's a lot of high hopes for him. You know, he had a whole year uh, last year, taking the year off because of the transfer. Um, learning the Dave Doran system, uh, and he is a, in a similar mold to what we thought of Jordan Lynch at, at Northern Illinois when Dave Doran was there. He's able to to run it and throw it um, well, uh, and so I think that's going to help out uh, NC State. He's a guy I know a lot of people think has the potential for a breakout season. A guy like a Sharon Peak at, at Clemson, Clemson looking for a number one receiver with Sammy Watkins and Martavis Bryant gone. I think Peek or Jermone Hopper are two guys to pay attention to There is having the potential uh, to be 1,000-yard receivers. Stacy Coley at Miami. I think he's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver last year. We saw him make some plays last year, uh, but this year I think he's got the potential to be uh, even better. Uh, And Quinn Blanding at Virginia, he is a true freshman cornerback. He's already running with the ones. And so I think if he is able to do what a lot of people expect him to do, he's one of the top-rated recruits in their class in the entire country, watch out for Virginia. This could be a team that maybe upsets a few people. Their schedule is a lot harder than NC State's. Um, But uh, Virginia has a lot of talent on that defense, and Quinn Blanding, I'm expecting big things out of him this year.
1: You know, earlier you mentioned Pitt as, you know, a team that could really compete for a division title. And, you know, I love the ACC blog, I'm on there all the time. And one of the things is you released your power rankings earlier in the week, and I think there's a genuine debate over the number four team. You know, you have obviously Florida State, Clemson and Duke. I think everyone agrees on those top three, but then you pick newcomer Louisville, but it really seems like, you know, Pitt could be in there and it's one of the biggest preseason debates so far.
2: There's no question about it, and I caught a lot of flack from Miami fans who were wondering <laughs> why, why is Miami not in the top four? How could you consider a Virginia Tech over a, a Miami? That was one of the teams that my colleagues uh, debate on. How could you consider Pitt? Uh, you know Miami handled Pitt pretty well last year uh, head-to-head. Uh, I think you could make an argument for more than four teams for that number four spot, quite frankly, and I think that kind of... Goes to show uh, what we're expecting out of the ACC. That beyond those top two, beyond the top three, nobody's quite sure how that middle of the pack is going to work itself out. I even had some Syracuse fans asking me, "What about Syracuse?"
1: There you go. <laughs> you know, there,
2: there were some Syracuse fans saying, "Look, you know, people are sleeping on us again. Uh, we're used to that. Uh, but I know the hopes are high in Syracuse for improvement of this program. Uh, but you know, the reason I chose Louisville." is first and foremost Bobby Petrino have a lot of faith and confidence in the type of system that he runs they have playmakers across the board Uh, and I know they're replacing Teddy Bridgewater uh, and as somebody who covered the Big East and, and followed Teddy from the start of his career I completely understand how difficult it is going to be to replace not only his production but his leadership and all the things he was able to do but the Petrino system is so quarterback friendly I think they'll be able to transition Will Gardner in there uh, and do some things offensively that they didn't even do at Louisville with Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, there were complaints uh, that Louisville wasn't throwing the ball enough when Teddy was there. That's not going to be the case in in Louisville. They've got some playmakers on defense as well. And so I think this team has got the talent to finish number four overall in, in the ACC this year.
1: Andrew, you just mentioned Syracuse, so we'll get you out of here on this one. And uh, Andrew, this is your third time on the program now. And last year, you said you know Syracuse six and six can sneak into a bowl game and uh, maybe make something happen there. So I'm really hoping. And you were spot on last year, so I'm hoping that you're going to make a similar prediction. Do you see the Orange getting to a bowl game for the third straight year?
2: Yes, I absolutely (laughs) think Syracuse is going to a bowl game for. The third straight year. I've also I've learned my lesson uh, with Syracuse. I've kind of
3: <laughs> doubted
2: Syracuse, especially the first couple of years I covered them in the Big East, and I heard from it from the fans. Uh, but you know, the thing I've learned about watching and covering Syracuse is is not to doubt the ground game and not to doubt the run game. And I know a lot of people are talking about Terrell Hunt. I have no doubt he's going to be improved this year. Um, but this is a team that always has solid play up front on the offensive line and backs who are able to get the job done. Uh so maybe if Terrell Hunt has a bad day, the running game will be able to step up and make some plays. So I I love the talent that they have coming back. I think they're gonna be playing a little bit faster uh under uh, George McDonald and what he wants to do. Uh, defensively, you know, I know there's questions up front. That front four scares me a little bit, you know, going into the season just because there's not a lot of depth and experience there. But At linebacker, I think they're going to be fine. And in the secondary, I also think they're going to be fine. Thorell Eskridge is a guy who's very underrated in the ACC. And so I think Syracuse is going to have a better year than they did a year ago. I'm expecting uh, maybe seven or eight wins this year.
1: Central New York is celebrating right now. (laughs) Andrea, thanks so much for coming back on the program. Again, Andrea Adelson, ESPN.com. Great job, as always. We'll speak with you soon. Thanks for having me. I always enjoy talking to Andrea and reading the ESPN ACC blog. Again, great stuff from her. But I'm now joined by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today?
3: I'm doing well, Wes. Hoping the summer slows down a little bit. Still enjoying it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brad, uh, let's get started with Syracuse football, the first steel beam lead for the indoor practice center earlier today. You were actually the person who broke this story last year. How important is it to keep up with the facility's arm race in the ACC, and how will this help Syracuse down the line, especially in recruiting?
3: It's certainly critical for the upswing of the program in year two of the ACC, and thinking back to you know first talking about this story in winter of uh, 2013. so a year and a half now, and it just goes to show how long it really took with all the planning and uh, fundraising and getting all the permits and construction documents and all that sort of thing. And it's just it's essential because all the other teams in the ACC essentially have them. Miami with the good weather down south doesn't. And Boston College really also like Syracuse, a northeast school that's been searching for that 100-yard indoor practice building. But other than that, the other ACC teams either have had facilities for a while, in the case of a Louisville in Pittsburgh, uh, just built them recently, or they're under construction right now. So extremely critical. And like everything else with recruiting, you want to be able to show your recruits your indoor facility. If they're going to other ACC schools and see that and don't see it at Syracuse, obviously that's a disadvantage.
1: You know, Brad, you were at ACC kickoff last month, and I just wanted to get your general impressions from the event. Uh, You know, did you see, you know, year two of Syracuse being in the ACC, did it seem like a novel event still to be there, or was it kind of just business as usual year two for Syracuse?
3: It was a marked change from year one because, of course, the first year everything is new and exciting. I I really think the novelty has worn off. It's it's all business now, and I uh, overheard a conversation among a couple of head coaches, Talking about their uh, budget for the private charter planes to recruit during the winter. <laughs> so these are your six-figure deals. It's all big money. It's all big. It's all business now. So uh, you can see where Syracuse has earned respect, though, after just year one West because you know they are you know made a bowl game and won a bowl game in football. Uh, Produced these great instant rivalry now with Duke in basketball with those monstrous TV ratings. Uh, went to the ACC championship game in Lacrosse. So certainly a great year for the year's Cup all around with all the Olympic sports. So there's certainly respect there for Syracuse, but now they keep score on that scoreboard, it's all business, <laughs> it's all about winning and losing.
1: Well, let's get to that scoreboard, Brad because you know Syracuse football, you and I have discussed this a lot. Three and0 season only four times in the last 48 years, which is incredible to me, incredible to me considering the history of this program. Syracuse opens with Villanova, Central Michigan, and Maryland. Do you see this orange team achieving history and being only the fifth team in the last half century to achieve this goal?
3: I'd say yes, but barely. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, Villanova is not Wagner of a year ago. They gave Boston College a tough game. Tough kids, great head coach and Andy Talley, a tough way to open the season. But of course, Syracuse with more talent got to win that game in the Dome a week off after that kind of bad timing, and then going to Central Michigan. That will be interesting. They play at Purdue the week before, so tough to tell emotionally how the Central Michigan players will be. But, again, Syracuse has more talent. They have to win that game on the road. Then the key one, in my opinion, Maryland. Syracuse, you know, looked impressive in winning at College Park a year ago, but this is a much better Maryland team. Randy Etzel returns to the Carrier Dome. Couple of subplots there, but I see Syracuse pulling that one out in a close game in the fourth quarter. So yes, I can see three and zero, but just yes, barely.
1: Well, that's an excellent prediction. I'm hoping that it comes true for Syracuse football. sake It would be nice to see the team start three and zero, and then you can start thinking about four and five and zero. But that's for down the road, and we'll make those predictions later. Brad, we're at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts.
3: My closing thoughts wrap around the Syracuse basketball schedule games that we know up to this point. Really pleased how, again, they really have the schedule-making down pat with Jim Boeheim, Mike Hopkins, and the athletic department staff. Great mix of early games before the ACC. We know California at least one game in Madison Square Garden, Iowa and Texas. Really love playing at Michigan, St. John's, Villanova. Great mix for a young, emerging team. Really looking forward to hoops with the early uh, schedule.
1: Brad, my closing thoughts are on former Syracuse center Baimu Sakita. He recently signed with the Denmark basketball team, and I know I'm going to mispronounce it, but the team is called Forum Horsens, from what I've seen, where he's expected to have a huge, be a huge asset on the defensive end. So I just wanted to wish Baimu Sakita the best of luck overseas.
3: I echo those sentiments.
1: That's it for us. For Brad Bierman, this is Wes Chang reminding you that a drunk driver is very dangerous, but so is a drunk backseat driver if he's persuasive. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time.
0: This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV podcast network.